1: Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Ars Coming up on this week's show, we have got a chat with Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. As well as that, um, well, that's really about it. Stay tuned. Welcome to another show. It's Friday. There are a little over 24 hours to go until we play a game of football, which, as you all know, is absolutely splendid because we've had to wait a long time for another game of Arsenal football. It's been uh, two weeks since we last played, since that game against Newcastle, and it's really felt like two weeks. It really has. It's not like when you go on holidays, is it? You know the way you go on holidays and you go, oh. And the first day and the second day, you're like, oh, I've got so much time ahead of me. This is brilliant. And then about three hours later, you go, oh, fuck, I have to go home tomorrow. This is shit. The interlull is exactly the opposite in the sense that the time doesn't fly. But that's all to do with enjoying yourself and not enjoying yourself, I suppose. And uh, I have to say this, uh, after six years of doing Ars Blog. Has been the slowest, most tedious, most uninteresting interlull there has ever been, and it's tough going keeping the blog going. Um, yeah, if I could fit the word "going" in there again, but uh, yeah, I mean, so it makes it difficult to do an arts cast too. You know, there just isn't the material out there. There's nothing much to talk about. There's nobody really to slag off, nobody to make fun of, there's nobody to mock or tease, or seem to be taking a rather one-track. Uh, approach to this s casting business, but that's just the way it is. i'm afraid uh, so what has happened in the last two weeks um well uh racking my brains here from an arsenal point of view really, really not very much, or nothing at all, I suppose. There were some uh, minor little stories. Um, Theo Walcott will cover with uh, with The hollock now in a few minutes. Uh, Adi Bayor refused to play for uh, Togo. Well, didn't refuse to play, but refused to get on a plane, which is fair enough. I don't see any problem with that. If he doesn't want to go on a plane, don't let him go on a plane. I don't see how you could criticize somebody for, uh, for that. Um, fat and Orange, Red and White Holdings, are Deanless? it seems, that David Dean, uh, for the good of the club, of course, has stepped aside. A noble man, a man with only the best interests of Arsenal at heart, of course. He's uh, stepped aside, uh, as the Daily Mail spanned, or another way to put it would be, he got fired. uh, By Uzmanov, who realised that uh, under no circumstances would Arsenal have anything to do with him, uh, while Dean was uh, heading his group. I still hope we don't have anything to do with him because, you know, he's a big, fat, ugly Manchester United supporting oligarch cunt. And just because we don't have David, I think they kind of use that a bit. We don't want to talk to you because David Dean is, uh, you know, he's ahead of your thing and we don't like David Dean. So we're not talking to you. And now he's fired David Dean and they're going to have to think of a new excuse. Like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Rusmanov, but uh, the board can't see you. Uh, it's because, you see, you're a big fat fucking cunt. Now fuck off. Not quite the same, is it? You know, people might get upset when you say those kind of things to them. You say it's not—it's nothing to do with you. It's your friend. You're—you're you're all right to come in. It's like bouncers. You're all right to come in, but your friend—he's not coming in. But now they don't have that excuse anymore. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, particularly with the way uh, money in football uh, has been going, Arsene Wenger has been talking about it actually uh, yesterday, and he was talking about uh, clubs spending more than they earn, and they have to uh, they have to uh, operate within their limits. Uh, great quote about Robinho. Obviously, he says, "What is worrying for me is that a player signs somewhere, and the next day he does not even know where he is signed." You cannot say that is a good trend. Well, it's a good trend for the rest of us to laugh at. I certainly wouldn't have a problem with that. Robinho thing he'd sign for Chelsea or Manchester United, probably, and not Manchester City. Arsene Wenger says, football is not a supermarket. We all have to understand that. Yeah, but uh, there's not much we can do about it at the moment. I know we make our principal stand by absolutely refusing um, to spend any money. And when we do, we go to Aldi to buy our shopping. While well, the rest of the world goes to Sainsbury's or... Or Marks and Spencers, even. Harrods. We go to Aldi. Or a garage forecourt. Grocery shopping in a garage forecourt. Yeah. But anyway, that's money, and, and that's really about all there is to, to talk about that. But I suppose uh, what we should do now is really chat with the Hollick, because uh, he might have uh, a few things to say, uh, which would mean I don't have to think of stuff to say, which
2: is good. Um, so let's do that. Uh, hello to the Hollick. Hello, Blogs. Long time no speak. Thanks for inviting me.
1: And thank you for uh, giving me your time. Now, we have to start, I think, with Theo Walcott. We've had an international break that has dragged and dragged. It's been quite tedious indeed. And then all of a sudden, at the last minute, we have this explosion of of Arsenal interest Theo Walcott scored a hat-trick against Croatia the first Arsenal player to score a hat-trick for England uh, since Ian Wright against San Marino some years ago and whatever you might think about international football uh, that that kind of uh, achievement for Theo is only going to be good for
2: us Absolutely tremendous isn't it and you've You kind of touched on where I I feel about international football at the moment because for the the last decade I've sort of realised that I'm very definitely an Arsenal fan first and an international football fan second. But last night was probably the the most worked up most of us have got about watching England for a while and uh, his performance was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, But I I, I like listening to Capello coming out afterwards when he said, that you know we can't expect him to do it in every game uh, and i think that's one of the things that going forward we've got to be aware of when particularly when he comes back to arsenal because we know that he doesn't produce consistently nor would you expect him to at, you know 18 years of age uh, as long as people don't expect him to score a hat trick every time he goes out then that's great
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about Capello and Theo himself has got his feet firmly on the ground. He says his his friends and his family won't let him get carried away with things. Yet Slavin Bilic is singing his praises. I know we don't like the man, but John Terry was saying defenders will be quaking in their boots. (laughs) Um, And and possibly, do you think maybe there's just... I, I really like Theo because he's a clever young man. He's intelligent. He seems polite. And not that I'd ever want him to go completely the other way if you get what I'm saying, but maybe just a little bit more cockiness in uh, in his personality might, might do him a bit of good.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's in him though, is it? But uh, he's going to be very much a confidence player by the look of it mm. because you could tell from the moment that he got the first goal last night when things, you know, a couple of bounces went our way, didn't they? But normally in that situation, you might expect him in an Arsenal shirt to square the ball, but he took on the shot. And from that moment onwards... He was always looking for and thinking of himself as an option rather than just playing others in all of the time. And the, the two finishes in the second half I thought were absolutely wonderful. And you can see why Wenger thinks that eventually he's going to end up uh, following the honorary route into the central striker's role. But, you know, we're probably uh, uh, two or three years away from that yet. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Mm. But that pace is, is certainly a weapon that is going to be tremendous for us.
1: It, it is. Um, I know we don't want to make comparisons with Henri because it, it's uh, it's really putting too much pressure on the young guy. But the last couple of goals that he's scored... It is, but scored, you look at
2: the way he finished last yeah. night and you look at the finish that he made in the 20 game. Exactly. I mean, you can tell that he'd watched him play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. agree with that. I mean, well, I mean, if there's somebody uh, in terms of finishing goals that you can look up to and learn from, well, Thierry Henry's not a bad example, is it? No, not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's good for Theo, and hopefully he can continue that for us. Now, we've got uh, to get back to the day-to-day stuff of Arsenal, which is good. Uh, we start with Blackburn on Saturday, which is generally a rather tricky away fixture for us, uh, and that's followed by... A trip to the Ukraine to play Dynamo Kiev next Wednesday. So it's it's a big week coming up. Are you happy that we're going to the Ukraine now as opposed to sometime in October, November?
2: Yeah, I think so because obviously the temperature difference is going to be absolutely massive. I know I went out not as far as the Ukraine, but I went out to Belgrade 1 December to watch us play and it was about minus 16 or something then. Absolutely foul just to sit there and watch what it was like running around out there, I don't know. But, um, yeah, we've certainly got the best time to be going to play them away. Whether we come back with a result is another matter because we've not historically done well that side of what was the Iron Curtain, have we? But, uh, no, I, I think if we don't qualify out of this group having that away game first, it's very definitely our fault because the drawers worked out our way
1: sure um we've had this uh, international break as we've mentioned and and things have quietened down a bit that after the after the transfer deadline day without anything happening, there was this explosion of frustration, I suppose you might call it, amongst Arsenal fans, um, you know, from very low-level stuff to, to, you know, uh, mad stuff. Um, it's important, I think, isn't it, that uh, the team, and the manager in particular, can get his team to produce now, because it was interesting to read what Danny Fisman said, that, you know, the money was always there for Arsene, but it's his head on the block. Uh, by choosing not to spend it. It is important, I suppose, not only for the team, but for Arsene Wenger, that these players now start to uh, repay the faith in him because should results not go well, then the first thing everybody's going to talk about is a transfer window again.
2: Yeah. Um, I kind of got a little bit frustrated. I suppose a lot of people got frustrated on that deadline day because if you read the signs... Clearly, something was happening because Ken Fryer was booked that evening to talk to the Arsenal Independent Supporters Association on the proviso that he had nothing else cropped up in the meantime. So they were obviously expecting something to happen. And the stories that have broken since about, was it Embaya, the guy from Rennes, who said they approached me in the closing hours of the transfer window, lead you to believe that the initial target. Probably sometime during the morning, uh, became a non deal, and we all suspect that that was probably, uh, the, the guy at Liverpool. Help me out here, blog. Chabi Alonso. <laughs> That's it. Chabi <Chubby laughs> Alonso. The impression I get is that once the Alonso deal fell through, there was a kind of, oh, blimey, who else have we got now that we can go and talk to? Yeah. Uh, and and I think all of the, the fuss afterwards about, well, Arsenal haven't signed anybody, I don't think it was entirely Arsenal's fault. I think you touched on the fact last week that they were led down the garden path a little bit by Liverpool. And I, I think that's what happened. I think they ended up without the player they thought they were going to get, Not that Wenger ever intended not to spend any money. Hmm. I think quite clearly he wanted Alonso. He had a fee in mind that he felt he was worth. Liverpool weren't.
0: One gift that never gets returned? Trick question. It's three gifts beer, wine, and spirits. And with Drizzly, you can send the gift of drinks right to your loved one's doors. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and holiday spirits. Then get them delivered right to that lucky someone's door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code JINGLE at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.
2: That was just short, long and short
1: of it. Interesting to see as well that Alonso's agent hasn't ruled out a move uh, in January. So we, we do get yeah. the feeling this was very close. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the best way to uh, to deal with all that and to deal with the frustration, people will forget it if we win games. So hey. we start with Blackburn uh, tomorrow. I' confident or do we, are we going to suffer this post-international hangover that has been uh, a thing of the past? And of course, a trip to Blackburn isn't always our, our favorite destination.
2: How can you not be confident when you're going to play a side that's got Paul Robinson in goal? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that's terrible, isn't it? But it is absolutely true. You look at Blackburn uh, under Inch, you think, yes, they're probably going to become more of a footballing side because of his track record back with Milton Um, Keynes-Dons. It'll be interesting to see who plays tomorrow because now that Ooyah's out, if they've got say Nelson is in there, Dunn is in there, Mm. you know they're going to be picking a side that's going to put their foot in and try and ruffle us again. Um, But that that doesn't seem to have been the way that Incy's played it so far. So maybe for once we'll have a a decent contest for them. But yeah, I'm I'm confident we can go up there. And, you know, last season we we dropped a point only because poor old Jens went and chucked one in for them. (laughs) Uh, I I think this, this time around we might get all three.
1: All right, Gunnar Hollick, thank you very much. We'll talk to you on another Icecast soon.
2: Thank you, blogs.
1: A gentleman, as always, that's Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. Do please run along and check out his blog. It should be one of your daily reads. Now uh, we'll go to the bar where the man in the bar has got a player history.
3: Hello and welcome to another player history right here on the Icecast. My God, it was some terrible long week, wasn't it? Or two weeks even waiting for the Arsenal game and tell you if there's a hell. For me, it's that international break period, and every time you think it's just about over, they add another game. The Arsenal game is tantalizingly within reach. But every time you think they're over, there's another international game. And it's always somebody like... Azerbaijan against Bratislava. Wouldn't be anyone good, you know... Like England against Ireland. Bit of old fighting and rivalry. Or or France against Italy. Bit of old fighting and rivalry. Or Scotland against Wales. Bit of old fighting and rivalry. Or indeed Luxembourg against um, them. Who do Luxembourg hate? Not sure they hate anyone. Anyway... At least it wasn't as bad as the week old Jack in the pub had. He got rather too pissed the other night, and he decided that yes, indeed, he could dig out his own eye with a spoon. Thinking he could put it back, he made a complete moosh of it. Now we call him One Eyed Jack. He didn't like that very much, I have to say. First time we called him it, he went wild. Anyway, this week the player history is about a fella whose more famous brother was a cricketer. That's right, it's Steve Gatting. Now, many people were confused at first when they met him because he insisted on his name being pronounced in the French way. Hello, he'd say, I'm Steve Gatting. Which is kind of like anyone that's called Bernard telling you to call them Bernard. What do you mean your name's Bernard? It's Bernard. I'm going to call you Bernard for the rest of your days. You'll never get me to call you Bernard. It's Poncy, and beyond the pale, quite frankly. Anyway, Steve Getting, he joined, Steve Gutting, I mean, Steve, Steve, joined Arsenal as an apprentice in 1975 and went on to make 76 appearances for the club, scoring a total of six goals. He didn't really have the same power as his brother, who was the England cricket captain, and this was because Mike Gatting had a tremendous beard. There's a lot to be said for the hair on a man's head, causing his career to go in a skyward trajectory. It is known as the Samson Effect, except the face Samson Effect, kind of. Anyway, he went off and he joined Brighton and Hove Albion and played a very large number of games for them before finishing his career at Charlton Athletic. Nowadays, aside from being a youth coach at the club under Steve Bold, not literally under Steve Bold, you understand, Steve Ketting has the largest anteater farm in the whole of the United Kingdom with over two anteaters. It's true.
1: We'll have another player history on next week's Arsecast. Don't forget that the uh, fantasy football starts again tomorrow. Uh, so you're going to have to get your uh, transfers made and all that kind of stuff. Uh, our fantasy football league on oleole.com is Blog Prem. That's P R E M. It's an English Premier League league. If you feel like joining in, you're a little behind, but still, not to worry. I'm sure if you're good at this, you could probably catch up. Uh, the, uh, the password to join, I think is arsblog Forgotten now. I should go back and listen to another arsecast and figure it out, but I, I can't be bothered. So I assume it is arseblog. And, um, if you don't, um, get in with that, well, um, leave a comment on my profile on oleole.com uh, and I'll, uh, put up the real password, but I think it is arseblog. Yep. So that's that. Uh, oleole.com forward slash fantasy football if you would like to get involved uh, with that. Now, Blackburn. Tomorrow, Blackburn have a new manager. And that manager is Paul Ince. I don't like Paul Ince. There, I've said it. I know many people have been holding back. They've been saying, that you can't say those things about Paul Ince. He's not the kind of guy you can say you don't like. But me, uh uh I don't like him. I don't not like him as much as West Ham fans don't like him. I still don't like him. I never really liked his head. It was just too perfectly round. Do you know what I mean? Little lump here, a bump there. Maybe he would have had more character. But this perfectly sort of round head and that annoying voice. I just, you know. And then he played for Liverpool and Manchester United. How are you supposed to like someone like that? Uh, So he's at at Blackburn, uh, as is Robbie Fowler, who's just signed a pay-as-you-play contract uh, with Blackburn after not doing tremendously well for Cardiff last year in the championship. But obviously Blackburn have seen something, and we've seen enough of Robbie Fowler down the years to know that uh, he's always capable of scoring a goal. And wouldn't it be just, no, I won't entertain those kind of thoughts. It would be typical, though, wouldn't it? Bloody Robbie Fowler. Stupid, fast hat-trick getting, lying, snorting, showing your bum to Graham lasso basted. Uh, So that's that game. Uh, Coming up, the injury news or the team news uh, at the moment is that we will not have uh, Carlos Vela. uh, Because he's on his way back from Mexico or somewhere in South America where he was playing uh, for Mexico. And I believe he got injured, which isn't good. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong there. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm sure that Carlos Vela blog will know exactly what's the story with Carlos. Whether he's injured, what colour underpants he's wearing, what he had for breakfast. Fairly fucking thorough, I have to say. Uh, Samir Nasri as well is also a doubt because he missed France's game in midweek with a knee problem. That will be just kind of typical. Uh, his uh, start has been a little interrupted, hasn't it? Uh, to his Arsenal career with injury, and hopefully that's not a sign of of things to come. And uh, apparently, uh, Mikhail Silvestre, well, he won't be um, he won't be making his debut either. Um, it says Arsenal fans may have to wait a little longer for the debut of Mikhail Silvestre on the Arsenal website. Ooh, I was so I've been waiting and waiting so long to see Mikhail Silvestre play for Arsenal, and now I have to wait some more. Football is a cruel game to us fans, is it not? They've definitely taken the piss, though, aren't they, on Arsenal.com? They have to be. They're sitting there going, what, what can we write that will make the fans go, ooh, and not a good, ooh, a bad one. Uh, whatever it is, Richard Clark, well done to you, sir. You're doing a fantastic job of it, I have to say. Uh, so we have to wait and... Uh, And just hope that Sylvester gets fit sooner rather than later.
3: Hello, everybody. It's me again, Sylvester. Because of the international break, I've been able to get myself fit again. I've spent the whole week in the Côte d'Azur. Now, you might be thinking of the French Riviera, but it is this slamming little club I know down in Soho. Anyway, you'd be glad to know I'm feeling better and ready to make my debut for Arsenal. In fact, I'm so full of spunk I could play four games a week.
1: So there you go. Now, while the last couple of weeks have been quiet, the next few weeks promise to be very busy indeed. We've got Blackburn on Saturday. Then we go to Kiev for our first Champions League game of the season. Then it's away to Bolton, and it's all madness from there on in. Three very tricky away games. If we can come through those with flying colors or even vaguely flapping colors, I think we'll be doing well. It'll set us up uh, with lots of confidence for the games to come. That's really about it for this week's RScast. There's no point dragging it out anymore, is there? And if you said no, our survey said, ding! So that's it. Um, Talk to you all next week on the blog. Here's the three points on Saturday. Uh, Have yourselves a very good weekend and talk to you on next week's Arscast. Bye-bye. And in a change to all the advertised fixtures, this weekend's Premier League games are cancelled and replaced with international football. Starting at 3 o'clock with Azerbaijan against Bratislava. That's followed by Georgia versus the Solomon Islands, Poland against Cyprus, Moldova against Transylvania, and finally for the day, It will be Canada against the Isle of Man. No. All these games are coming to you live and in (sighs) HD and...
3: No! Oh, Jesus. Oh, Oh, it was only a dream. Oh, thank God for that. Oh, time to go back to sleep. Come here, Teddy. Hello there. Oh, Jesus, Teddy Sheringham's in my bed. Oh, please, let this still be a dream.
0: Please. This holiday season, treat yourself, treat yourself to candy.